0: You're listening to the One Small Bite Podcast with me, your host, David Roscoe. For over a decade, I have built a successful nutrition practice helping thousands of people thrive, nourish their life, and break the cycle of crazy diets. We will take one small bite at a time to transform your health and develop a positive relationship to food. So let's chop the diet mentality, fuel your body, and nourish your soul. Okay, are you Ready? Let's do this. Hola, hola, hola. Welcome to the One Small Bad Podcast. I'm your host, David Orozco, registered dietitian, nutritionist, certified intuitive being counselor, and my practice is Orozco Nutrition. Hey, go check us out com, and there you'll find that we practice from a weight-inclusive, health-at-every-size, intuitive eating approach. And I am excited today because I've got a really good topic. I think you'll find it quite interesting, and it's probably not something that you might have heard in the past. But listen, before I get started, let me please give you my disclaimer This episode and podcast is for educational and informational purposes only. This is not a substitute for a medical, psychological, nutrition, or a health consultation. Please find a registered dietitian, nutritionist, or a health professional that is health at every size, intuitive eating, and weight-inclusive aligned, and licensed in your state to help you with your specific needs. And in this episode, Podcast, we don't bleep out curse words. I don't think I have any coming up in this episode, but just in case you may want to listen to this when you don't have those little ones around. And with that, let me get started. I'm excited, like I told you a little while ago, because this is a topic that I work a lot with a lot of clients. And the question that I want to ask you is what's your eating rhythm? Have you heard of that before? What a rhythm of eating is like? Rhythmic eating, eating with rhythm, eating pattern, eating schedule. What's yours? Did you know that you have an eating rhythm? Do you know what it is? Oh, more importantly, do you know how it helps you live a nourished life? So let me back up a little bit. I woke up in the middle of the night last night and it took me a little while to go back to sleep. And in that midnight slumber of mine, I started imagining how my lack of sleep affects my eating rhythm. And then I thought, wait a minute, maybe it's the other way around. Maybe it's my eating rhythm affecting my sleep. And I thought, well, I mean, I do this with a lot of clients. And this is not the first time that I thought about this. And actually, it does have an effect on my hormones like insulin or my hunger and satiety horm- hormones like ghrelin and leptin. So to put it simply, your eating rhythm is the cadence of meals and snacks that your body needs on a daily basis that it helps maintain an adequate energy and nutrient level. And what I mean by that is that it is the amount of food and not just calories, but food groups, nutrients, those foods that you enjoy, that provide you with that sustainable nourishment for the next four to five hours. Okay, now this is where it all hinges. The four or five hours is about the average emptying time of the food that's in your stomach. And it's a food of mixed varieties And that's the amount of time, more or less, that if you take a meal that has satisfied you, it has filled you and satisfied you, and it contains a variety of those food groups, it's the amount of time that your stomach takes to empty food out. Now, there are people that might empty a little bit slower. There are people that empty a little bit longer, but generally speaking, four or five hours is generally right around the time that about 80 to 90% of the food that you ate is emptied out into the small intestines. This helps maintain the physiological, biological, and those digestive rhythms of your body. Okay, here's what I mean by that. Even from the moment you see the food on the plate, your body begins to release a whole host of hormones to prepare your body for what it needs to function, like maintaining your heart rhythm, that's a rhythm, like your digestive movement, you know, poop, that's a rhythm, your hormonal productions, like hormones such as estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, and others that help us develop, grow, and essentially live a healthy life. So, as you can see, the rhythm of eating is this pattern that sets up what we know as homeostasis. It's the pattern that allows our bodies to function efficiently. I'm going to go on a little bit more to help drive this point home. And eating rhythm is extremely important in maintaining your metabolism. When we get energy from food, our bodies don't have to make more from your liver and your muscle. In other words... Your body doesn't have to break itself down in excess amounts from the energy that's stored in your liver and your muscle to do its normal daily and nighttime functions. This is important for a variety of reasons. For example, the energy and nutrients that keep your metabolism running adequately helps keep the body's functions running adequately. If you think about it, right? If you're getting energy from food, that energy will then go to help maintain your liver function, maintain your kidneys, maintain your endocrine system like your pancreas or your thyroid. It also helps maintain your brain function. And I'll get to that a little bit more in just a minute. In other words, the eating rhythm is going to match your body's rhythm throughout the day, and therefore, everything is connected. What that means is that your metabolism helps fuel your body. It's essentially the engine or the motor that keeps your body's functions, as I mentioned earlier, going. Therefore, at the end of the four or five hour emptying of most of the food out of your stomach, you get a host of various hormones that start talking to your body in order for the functions to continue. Talks to you to tell you to start eating. For example, hunger hormones like ghrelin are released to stimulate you to eat again. And so that is necessary because it's the body's way of saying, okay, give me the next round of nutrients, energy, so I can sustain my bodily functions. If you look at this from the standpoint of time throughout the day or patterns, if you would wake up and then say your first meal is at, say, 7 a.m., and that meal contains a variety of food groups, foods that you enjoy, and again, a meal that satisfies you, then you should last about four or five hours. So think about it. Five hours, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. So this is part of the reason lunchtime is at noon, because technically speaking, our hunger cues are starting to kick in. And there are a variety of different hunger cues. It's not just stomach pangs and grumbling of the stomach, thinking of food, but it could be things like irritability, tiredness, lack of concentration, and so on. So there are a variety of different cues that are kicking in, which is, hey, the normal 12 o'clock lunchtime, right? All right, so keep going with me on this time. So your body is then receiving that next meal. And again, if that 12 o'clock meal contains a variety of food groups fruits, vegetables, grains, proteins, fat, dairy, and maybe some fun stuff like chocolate or maybe a drink or some sweet that goes along with it. Once you have that next meal, it's just the next five, four, or five hours that it takes to empty out so your body is ready to receive the next meal at, say, 5 p.m. Now, let's say you're really busy at work, you have some last-minute emails or meetings, and you just won't get home by 5 p.m. Quite honestly, how many of us actually do eat at 5 p.m.? There are some. I'm not saying that some people don't. There are definitely families and people out there that do have a dinner at 5 p.m., Growing up in my house when I was a little kid, I think dinners were more like eight or nine sometimes, but that's a whole different uh, story. In that case, if you're not having dinner at five o'clock, then you're probably getting some indications that your body is feeling hungry. Again, those hunger cues might start kicking in. Some people tell me that they get that midday slump, somewhere around three, four o'clock. They feel like, They're just no energy left, or they're tired, they could take a nap. By the way, there's nothing wrong with that. There are various reasons why your energy levels can fluctuate, but your eating rhythm is definitely one of the big ones to that. And so you then hold on and wait to dinner, and maybe you won't have dinner till seven or eight. So a snack between, let's say, I don't know, four or six can actually be something that ties you over between the two meals. That is part of the same rhythm. It doesn't break the rhythm. It doesn't damage the rhythm. It's just going to give you a little bit more. Now, that snack could be something that you didn't have in your previous two meals, breakfast and lunch, or it could also be something that you won't have for dinner. So it it can be a food, like let's say a fruit or a vegetable with some nuts and, I don't know, nuts or fat, maybe hummus or peanut butter, and then that food is not going to be had at dinner. Not usually, but maybe sometimes. But what also happens is that your appetite comes down just a little bit because if you have a snack, it's not going to take four or five hours to empty. It might take just maybe an hour or two to empty. And so then your hunger signals will start kicking in again, say around six or seven. And then maybe that's the time you have a dinner. But because you had that snack, maybe you're not that hungry for dinner, so you have a little less to eat. You have the breakfast, you have the lunch, you have the snack, and then you have dinner. This is what we would consider an eating rhythm. Cool, right? (laughs) not rocket science here, folks, right? We've been doing this for quite some time. Now, we can argue that that's not exactly how humans have been eating throughout history. And that's more than likely true. In some cultures, they don't have much to eat for breakfast and their biggest meal is, say, lunchtime. They might have a siesta, a mid-afternoon snack, and then they have a little bit to eat later on in the day. And other cultures, they may snack more throughout the day. In Japan, for example, they also have the concept of harahachibu. I don't know if you're familiar with that. But that essentially means that I am going to stop eating when I'm 80% full. Now, you may think that this would be a restrictive way of eating. However, this is actually something that's built into understanding physiological functions. As I mentioned a little while ago... The stomach is going to empty out about 80 to 90% of the food around that four or five hour time. And so the bu approach can actually make some really smart sense here. Because if I'm only eating up to 80% of what I could eat, my fullness, then that means that around the four or five hour clock, I'm really ready to receive my next meal. It is a cultural way of teaching us to listen to our bodies, to be in tune present when we are consuming food. In fact, in a 2016 article from the journal Aging Research Review, they show the following, and I quote, "...feeding fasting patterns are an external cue that profoundly influences the robustness of daily biological rhythms. Erratic eating patterns can disrupt the temporal coordination of metabolism and physiology, leading to chronic diseases." That are also characteristic of aging. However, sustaining a robust feeding fasting cycle, even without altering nutrition quality or quantity, can prevent or reverse these chronic diseases in experimental models. In humans, epidemiological studies have shown that erratic eating patterns increase the risk of diseases, whereas sustained feeding fasting cycles or prolonged overnight fasting is correlated with protection from breast cancer. Now, I will say that in this article, it seems that they are in favor of an intermittent fasting, and I will tell you that mm, that's probably not really the case. But what it does show is the importance of maintaining that rhythm and that cycle in your body, which is tied in to circadian rhythm. Are you familiar with that? That's your nighttime sleep rhythm. Now, I have more about how the eating rhythm during the day affects our sleep. But just to give you a little bit of info right now, did you know that about 60% of your body's energy is used while you are asleep? We are busy little beavers throughout the night for sure. This is when your body actually is repairing itself. This is when the body heals and optimizes its biological functions, like repairing damaged tissues and cells and organs. This is where the body stores energy into the muscles. This is where muscles are then helped grow and form, and sleep is what helps us most with our cerebral functions like memory, analysis, logic, empathy, creativity, productivity, and more. So yes, one can say that the rhythm of eating is how the body maintains homeostasis. Uh, How amazing is the human body? I just love it. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So, uh, what's your eating cycle? What is your eating pattern? Are you skipping meals? Are you avoiding food groups or are you using coffee for energy throughout the day? And so, instead of eating something, you end up using coffee, maybe because you don't have any time or you're busy. This is a sense of deprioritization of yourself. Or maybe at night, you use some alcohol. Or you tend to overeat, and this is a form of relaxation. And so it's very, very common for me to see a lot of people deprioritize themselves, this basic human need to eat. What's crazy is that some of us see eating as a distraction, or as a disruption, or as a nuisance, or maybe as unimportant. People see eating as a way of gaining weight. It's very interesting because eating is essential for human life. And so having a rhythm of eating is a way that helps the body maintain its regular systems. But here's what's also very interesting to me. Eating is a way of connecting us. Now, again, this is something that I'm going to talk about in a future episode, which is why I'm dedicating the month of November to eating rhythm, because there are so many other ways that it's linked to our health. And just so you know, your health is not just eating the healthiest foods that you can find or keeping the calories down or avoiding junk food or trying to stay thin. There's more to health than just that. For example. We've got a major holiday coming up in the United States, and it's one that unites the family. Eating is the most common way that we socialize in life. And us humans, well, we are, as you know, social creatures. I know I am. (laughs) This is one extrovert that likes being around a lot of people. And even if you're an introvert many introverts, while they don't like big crowds of people, they do like intimate crowds of people. People that are close to them and small groups, people who they know and have shared something in their life. And so, yeah, I mean, we are social beings. So, maintaining a rhythm of eating is the heartbeat of life. It is, in my opinion, the way of nourishing ourselves. And I would even argue It's the way to live a long and fulfilling life. So, what's your rhythm of eating? All right, as you know, in each one of my episodes, I give you at least one small approach, one small bite, that's going to help you achieve the topic of today. How do you establish a eating pattern or an eating rhythm that's going to give you the energy that you need in the day? Oh, and let me digress. Let me add one more thing. This is something that's really important in this process. When you pick this approach to start having an eating pattern, one of the outcomes that you should be looking for is the amount of energy that you have. And by energy, it comes in different ways. Energy means how much pep in the step that you have to take on some challenges, what your mood is, whether you can concentrate or focus better, Are you more productive? Are you more creative? Are you also less irritable? Are you more empathetic? Are you kind? Energy is included in all of those definitions. And this is important because when I start working with clients and I help them establish an eating rhythm, one of the things they almost always say in every appointment is, wow, my energy is is back. I'm feeling a lot better. But in time, after working with them a little bit longer, they start forgetting how important that is. And it starts feeling normal. And it's important to remember that the stress, the health conditions that you have, and all of those things that you're trying to avoid in order to live a longer and healthier life get overshadowed by the fact that you get accustomed to that energy. So what I mean by that, is pay attention to that energy. Are you getting it on a regular basis? That is the outcome that you want in all of this. It's not weight loss. It's not how well that shirt fits. Is really how that energy is throughout the day because that's going to help with your rhythm as well as with your sleep later on. And remember, I'm going to have an episode on sleep coming up. So again, what can you do? I would say slow down. I know, I sound like a broken record. And what I mean by that is slow down and pay attention to your body. What is your body telling you? For example, in the morning, if you feel like you are taking a while to wake up and you need some energy and then you want to go and grab a cup of coffee, that is your body's signaling that you want to get some energy or food. Now, David, I don't like breakfast. I don't want to eat breakfast. Okay. I'm not saying that you have to give up your coffee or you have to stop what you do completely in the morning, but maybe an approach would be having a small meal when I'd say about an hour to an hour and a half of waking up, more or less, and then maybe a couple of hours later, two or three hours later, you have another small meal or a snack that actually is part of a rhythm of eating. As I mentioned a little while ago, there is no research that shows that there, that there is any perfect style of eating, perfect pattern of eating. You can eat snack, snack, lunch, dinner. You can have breakfast, lunch, snack, snack. You can have breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, dinner, snack. You can have brunch, dinner, and maybe a snack in between. Up to you, it's your choice. But pay attention to your body. I gave you one example of how your body may communicate to you, but there are a slew of other ways that your body will do this. And it's important to slow down and start to learn what these signals are. Sometimes you're not going to get them. Sometimes you're not going to understand what they are. And if you're having problems with this, then that's when it's time to probably look for that registered dietitian nutritionist that is is certified in intuitive eating or it has that intuitive eating experience that can help you hone this in, okay? All right, your turn. Give it a try. Slow down, pay attention to your body, and see what meal is going to help you get that energy back, that pep in your step, that mood, that productivity, that creativity. And let me know about it. I'd love to hear from you. Oh, and let me get back to our historical eating patterns This is where things get a little foggy, a little not um, sure. We have historically survived famine after famine. In fact, up until the Industrial Revolution, after World War II, we have lived in societies, at least in the United States, of course, we have lived in societies that have been through famine after famine. So to say that our ancestors didn't have one meal or didn't have a rhythm is going to be a little short-sighted because we actually historically don't have empirical data, or I'm not familiar, let me put it that way, with information that shows that there's any perfect pattern of eating. Again, the pattern of eating that's important is the one that your body is telling you is helpful for you. And so I'm not here to tell you that... Not having breakfast or having breakfast is the way to go. No, it's a matter of paying attention to your body. With that said, generally speaking, most human bodies are going to need a certain amount of energy earlier in the day in order to progress with the amount of work that they have to do. Of course, we live in a society that is very sedentary compared to 70 or 100 years ago where our parents or grandparent or ancestors might have eaten differently than we did. And it's not fair to say that we know exactly the best pattern to eat. With that said, again, I hate to re- sound like a broken record, but it's a matter of paying attention to your body and what fuels you to run efficiently. Hey, thank you so much for listening in today and being part of the show. If you like what you are hearing, we would love it if you can subscribe, rate, and review the show. This, as you know, will really help us grow the podcast and get these episodes out to more people that need to hear this stuff. Also, I just want to say tons of thank you to all of you that are listening now that the show's back and I'm back on it. Oh, and by the way, I've got new programs that are starting in 2024. I'm really excited to get in the know, get on the wait list for some of these. Sign up at our website, go to orosconutrition.com. scroll down to the bottom where it says sign up for our newsletter so you can get the information sent over to you with resources. And on that note, just remember, chop that diet mentality, fuel your body, and nourish your soul. Until next time, ciao.